Well, I want to start off uh, like this. You know, my daughter and I, we like to, from time to time, my youngest daughter, from time to time, we like to visit, we like to travel the world in our own home. And so how we do that is on a laptop, there's this thing called Google Earth that, you know, we access. And so sometimes we're able to go to Google Earth and I'll show her some of the places that I live. Like, for example, we'll type in Tokyo, Japan, and then the Earth, the globe will spin from where we are and it'll spin all the way to Tokyo. And then you'll have an aerial view and then you can take this little person and drop it. It'll hover over that area, and then you could just drop it anywhere that's kind of highlighted, and then next thing you know, you're getting a 360 view of Tokyo. And then you can press certain things and travel the street, and then it'll move you from one destination to the next. And so we're traveling the world on a laptop. So she said, Dad, I want to see the uh, Eiffel Tower. So we, we type in Eiffel Tower, and then, uh, you know, it takes us to the Eiffel Tower, and then we're able to look and do a 360 view and, and, and do that type of thing. And so now that same day, she also said, all right, Dad, next I want to go to the White House. I was like, oh, okay. So then we go to Washington, D.C. This is one of the things I didn't realize. When we get to Washington, D.C. and to the White House, it actually drops you into the White House. So now we're in a certain part of the White House, and I was like, oh my gosh, and we're actually doing a 360 view of a certain part of the White House. And so this is the East Wing that's, you know, public for people to be able to go into. And so um, now as a result of doing that, I just got that idea. I was like, man, you know, Keziah, maybe we should go and see if we can go to the White House. So then we plan a trip to go to the White House and find out. So we contacted our, Congress, our congressperson, so our congressperson, uh, coordinated it, or their office coordinated so that way we can get reservations and go. So yesterday was the day that my family and I went to the White House. Come on. Went to the White House. And so uh, it has been a historical uh, weekend. I just want to give a shout out to the Browns who are joining us all the way from Lynchburg, Virginia. Jarrell and Nakia, dear friends of ours. Uh, they're, they're joining us. They came up from Virginia. So uh, we were, uh, uh, they were like, hey, you know, this is the first time in the area. And they were like, hey, you know, we just, we just want to do all the Philly stuff. <laughs> and so we did. And you know one thing, when you live in an area, uh, it's stuff that's historical, but you never go to it because it's just, ah, it's always there. So as many times as I've driven past the Liberty Bell, with them we actually... It was my first time going to the Liberty Bell and seeing it up close in person and taking a picture. First time, it was on Saturday where we actually walked and went and waited in line, but then went inside Independence Hall. So now I didn't realize how significant it was because I'm like, man, you know, we actually did some Philly stuff as tourists and it was powerful. And then to follow it up the next day on Saturday, okay, that was on a Friday. That was on a Friday. Then to follow it up on the next day, Saturday, to be able to go to D.C. and to go to the White House. Yeah. Go to the White House and to go to the Capitol. So it was powerful um, having that experience. So in the midst of all that, there was one, I don't know if we have that picture available, uh, Pastor Gate, if we're able to pull up that picture. So traveling in the White House, there's uh, various rooms and it's very prestigious and, and dominant. I'm so proud. This is a picture that I took. Woohoo! <laughs> Because I was looking at some pictures on Google. I was like, man, you know what? The one I took myself actually came out pretty good. So what you can see right here, this is actually in the state dining room. This is in the state dining room. But this picture right here um, is a picture of, of course, Abraham Lincoln. 
Now, they have a little display. Of course, it's kind of roped off, um, but it is a functional. It is an active room, but it's roped off for tourists. And so it has a display there, and I want to read. It talks about the history of it, but I want to read one part of the photo that really struck out to me because there were so many things in there ornaments and things of that nature that have so much history. We're looking at plates from the 1800s in a china room, all this type of history that we're walking in. But it was something about this photo that grabbed me because it said this on the display. And this was an ironic and interesting fact. Now, look at Abe Lincoln right there. Look at that picture. Someone just pose like that real quick. Just, just, just pose. You just got that little look. Just <laughs> Striking pose. But it says this. The portrait of Abraham Lincoln painted by George Healy in 1869 was submitted to competition for an official portrait of the late president. It did not win. It did not win and was purchased by Robert Todd Lincoln, who is the son of Lincoln, whose widow bequeathed it to the White House in 1939. So now I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, I'm looking at a photo that did not win. I'm going to say something about that. Have you ever felt the pain of rejection before? <laughs> Have you felt the pain of rejection, not winning, coming close, but not close enough? It's interesting because sometimes when you feel like, man, you want to be able to go for something and then it gets shot down, it's almost like you're a plane uh, whose, whose engine gets blown out or wing, and then you just kind of go in a tailspin and don't know what to do. What you can do, Pastor Gabe mentioned this on Wednesday, what you want to do is begin to shift those type of thoughts, because it'll come, it'll flood, but you want to have victory thinking. Somebody just turn to someone and just say, hey, have victory thinking. Yeah, have victory thinking. And so victory thoughts, in a sense, it's, it's almost like I was kind of looking at it. It's, it's not dyslexia in the sense that it's a disorder, but what it is, is, is how we interpret things. It's how we interpret. We don't interpret stuff the way that other people interpret things. When there's something that looks like defeat, uh, victory thinking is like, ah, you know what? I don't read it that way. Has anyone ever been told no before? Yes. Isn't that interesting? You said yes and been told no before. <laughs> We've all been told no before at some point. Victory thinking, what the believer does, it's like, man, you know what? I heard you say no, but I, you, you, you got to forgive me. I, I, just, I just have this uh, wonderful problem that it says no, but I have a tendency to read things backwards. You say no, but to me, I say, oh, it's on. Somebody just right now just say, oh, it's on. I'm telling you, it's on right now. So when somebody says no, Victory thinking that says, man, you know what, nah, there's an alternative. Some of y'all think like that, too. Some, some people are like, some of you are adamant, no, let me speak to a manager. I know you said no, but um, I know someone has a yes in my mouth, yes in their mouth on my behalf. That can, can, uh, that can get with me, that can agree with what we got going on here. Because some people, they, they, don't have, they haven't gotten the clue. They haven't gotten the picture yet. Anyone ever asked for a manager before? <laughs> so victory thinking, it's a new way of perspective. And then what God, what God does, he begins to shift our thinking. He shifts our mindset. Here's one of the things that came to me as revelation about the painting. It was from a prominent author, artist, 
but the painting was rejected. Now, how does a rejected painting 70 years later find its way as the centerpiece of one of the most prominent public rooms in the whole White House? This is how it happened. It was bequeathed. In other words, that it was in the will of somebody for this painting to be placed in a prominent position in a White House. They said this. It's like, hey, you know what? We have this painting. We purchased it. We purchased it. We paid for it. But now we want it. If you can do this when, when we die, can you just have this in the White House in a room that is fitting? That's what was stated in the will. And so 70 years later, there was a president that said, hey, you know what? We're going to do that. I like this painting. And we're going to put this in the White House where it belongs. Something that was rejected. 70 years later, someone says, hey, you know what? We're going to agree with that will. Let me break it down a little bit more. You and I may have been rejected by someone, but Christ died so that the will of the Father could be released for you to be positioned for prominence. It was bequeathed in the house. <laughs> Celebration in the house. Celebration in the house. So, Victory thinking, this is what happens. Your rejection gets reorganized as a reset. You don't have to go away rejected. You'd be like, man, you know what? This is just a reset. If it's there, no, that, that can't be overcome. It's like, God, you know what? This is just going to be a reset. I know there's another way. There's another position. God, help me to see this thing from a different perspective. If I'm looking at it from one way, how can I see the circumstance from another perspective? You know, people thought Jesus dying was the end. He was like, man, that sucks. I just had to take care of some things for you. I already told you I'll be back. It's like I told y'all that from the jump. So one thing that we teach our daughters this, there's this song uh, that we teach them. And I've said it before, but I want to share it again. It's a simple song, but we teach our daughters this. My mind is not my enemy. My mind is not my enemy. My mind is not my enemy because I think the thoughts of God. I think faith thoughts. <laughs> I think faith thoughts. Wasn't that taught last week? I think faith thoughts because I have the mind of Christ. <laughs> yeah, your mind is not your enemy. And so I want to deal with today just even thinking like God. Thinking like God. Thinking like God. Do you believe what Scripture says about God's thoughts for, about you? Well, some of you might not know it, so let me give you some information. It's something that many are familiar with, but in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 14, this is God speaking. And he says this, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of what? Good. Or here's another translation. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. And then verse 12, it says this. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. And guess what? I will listen to you. Oh, that's such a good word. 
that preaches by itself. But then he says this, verse 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Now, again, back to verse 11, God says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God has already contemplated your future. From his throne, even deeper than old Abe there. In that picture, God has already contemplated your future. And this is what I like about it. This was actually interesting. Y'all know that pose that Abraham Lincoln, the one that was rejected, y'all know that wasn't the first time the the artist painted him in that pose. There was actually a a painting uh, released the year before, and the painting is called The Peacemakers. Now, what was interesting about that, it was Abraham Lincoln with some generals because it was during wartime. And so there was a meeting. The artist wasn't there, but he heard it got information about the meeting. It was a meeting that took place. And so they were determining uh, what we needed to do and how we need to bring about peace. So now you have this pose, original pose of Abraham Lincoln. I don't know how to do it, but, you know, you got the, the hand on the chin, the hand, other hand on the hip, and the leg crossed, thinking about peace, thoughts of peace. Thoughts of peace. And here, what kind of thoughts does God say that he thinks about you? This is God kind of thinking, thoughts of peace. He says, my thoughts about you and your future are thoughts of peace. So one thing that you can say as a tool, especially if there's a lot of chaos or things going around you, or sometimes you, or even on the inside of you, you can say, God, I thank you for your thoughts permeating this atmosphere. Your thoughts of peace invading my life. Y'all know peace is aggressive. Peace is not passive. I'll share this quick thought. Scripture says this, peace shall guard your heart and your mind. So peace isn't a pushover. It's aggressive. It's warring. And so someone just shout, peace. The Bible says this, you don't have to turn there, but it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I come to realize, I I didn't even realize it, but I I guess it's part of the God nature that he's uh, developed on the inside of me. But I have a tendency to be a peacemaker. At all costs, I try to avoid wars. Like, look, where's some common ground? Where Where can there be a bridge? Where can there be reconciliation? But that's God's heart. Because y'all know we were his enemies before Jesus. We were at odds with God. She's like, what? I was an enemy? Yeah, we were. We are an enemy. He's like, no, but there has to be peace. There has to be a bridge. And so sons, so we have this invitation to think the thoughts of God. Isn't that great? We have this invitation. The Lord's like, hey, you know what? You could think like me. You could think like me. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 55. I want to highlight something here. We've heard this plenty of times before, and and when it says, um, for my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. But in context, when we read this, we actually see that the Lord was talking to the unrighteous man in his thinking. 
Let's start at verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, unrighteous man. And nor, my, nor are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. Now clearly, even for the righteous, we know that God's thinking, of course, exceeds ours. But here's one of the dif differentiating factors for the righteous is now his thoughts are accessible. His mind is accessible. How God thinks about a matter is accessible. Because if we can't put on the mind of Christ, then why would he say it? So that's the beautiful thing. It's like, God, how do you think about a matter? It's like, hey, come on up. I'll tell you. <laughs> Verse 10, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in blood that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. Thank you, Lord. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For, verse 12, we'll stop here. <laughs> Here's the mind of God for you. God thinking. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Because somebody just shout right now and just clap right now. Come on, if you're believing to go out with joy, if you're believing for joy to be a part of your life, come on, this is what God says. This is his mind, for you shall go out with joy. So the Lord was helping my thinking even this weekend. You know, I had to pay, pay attention because, I mean, you can get up in there and it's like a bunch of ooh and ah. But then after everything was over, I was like, okay, God, what, what just happened? Because <laughs> it was more than just a tour. But it was a whole lot that God was just even ministering to me and speaking to me. So one, on Friday, walking in the Liberty Bell in Independence Hall, he says, hey, you know what? You're walking in New Liberty. And here's the thing about it. He says, and you're not going to be cracked about it. <laughs> you're walking in liberty. So somebody just say, I'm walking in liberty. I am walking in freedom. You don't have to turn there, but you could just encourage yourself in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, as far as for the, the liberty that Jesus has established for us. Uh, matter of fact, no, you do have to turn there. Someone just turn there real quick. Someone just turn there. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, just so you can just see it. Lay your eyes on it and, and adopt that thought into your thinking that you don't have to be bound by, okay, yeah, there we go, that you don't have to be bound by anything. Who believes they're walking in freedom and liberty right now? Who, 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 who believes it? Got a firm, got a firm grasp, got a firm grasp on it, got a firm grasp. Matter of fact, come on up, Amber, just read that scripture right there. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, 
and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Come on. Come on. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. So she read it. She read it well. We don't have to be entangled by any yoke of bondage. Something that may have been holding us back, God's like, no, no, I need you to stand fast with the liberty that Christ has established for you. Certain things that will try to come and revisit, you know, y'all know depression will try to come and revisit your mind over and over again to, to try to catch you in a moment where you're not standing fast. But it's like, man, you know what? No, I'm going to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. I'm not going to have a thinking that's not, you can hold that. I'm not going to have a thinking that's not, that's going to be keeping me down. No way. So the Lord was like, man, you know, you've been walking in liberty. Took pictures with it. So now that means you're a picture of liberty. <laughs> Woo! You're what liberty is supposed to look like. You're what freedom, your life is what freedom is supposed to look like. For those that are, that, that'll be listening to this message, I'm holding the mic up like the torch and my tablet in a hand like the Statue of Liberty. So somebody say this, say, I am, I am what freedom looks like. Freedom. Now let freedom what? Yeah. Let freedom ring. You need to say something. Come on. Freedom ain't silent. You are what freedom looks like. I just heard this. Someone just needs to take a step in liberty right now. If you need to, st if you need to stand up and just take a little step, whatever, because I actually gave some extra room. Thank you, Lord. I didn't even know why I did it, but we got a little bit of extra room between the rows. Just take one step. Take a step. It's like, man, we, I am walking in liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're not a statue. You are moving. <laughs> you are moving. You ain't a statue. We stand firm, but you were walking in freedom. You were walking in liberty. That's how we think. That's how we think. Whenever we feel like stuck tries to get up on us, like, no, stuck ain't a part of my life. But you got to let freedom ring out of your mouth. Because if you don't let freedom ring out of your mouth, the enemy's got to leverage and an advantage over you. But he can't do nothing with the word that comes out of your mouth. Let freedom ring. Feeling that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. anointing coming on. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. We are free at last. Thank Christ. <laughs> I was told I got his mantle. Might as well say it. Wow, thank you, Holy Ghost. So the other thing. <laughs> that was the Liberty Bell, Independence Hall. Driven past it all the time. But it's totally different when you get out and walk it. Woo, I'll come back to that. Here's the other thing. We went to the Capitol, the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., where Congress meets. And so this is the place where laws of the land are made. This is the place where war is officially declared. This is the place where treaties are approved, amongst other additional things. This is a place where laws of the land are made, where war is officially declared, and where treaties are approved. The Lord says, hey, you're walking in a new level of authority. 
So someone just say right now, I am walking in a new level. I am thinking on a new level of authority. Yeah. <laughs> and then we didn't realize this, but then afterwards we did that tour uh, they said, you know, and we encourage you to visit the Library of Congress. Wasn't even on our agenda to visit. But we were like, hey, since we're here, where that? <laughs> so they're like, now you go out this way and, and, and you go this. And so we're just, we're just walking in the tunnel. And next thing you know, we get to the Library of Congress. So the Library of Congress, not, nah, I wasn't aware, but it's the research arm of, of, of the government. So it's the research arm of the government, but it's also has the reputation of being the largest library in the world. So it also stores a bunch of information and wisdom. And so now the Lord was sharing with me, he was like, man, you know what? You're walking in the wisdom of what's been written. I was like, oh, God, that's good, because I wasn't even thinking about the Library of Congress, but what he's already established, y'all know God's already written some things about your life? He's already written... Wow, what a privilege for God to say, hey, I'm going to write your auto, what is it called, an autobiography when you write about somebody else's life? I'm going to write an autobiography. But he already wrote it ahead, so wouldn't it be great for God to be able to write something about our lives and then we get to walk in it? So someone say, God, I am walking in what you've written for my life. Now some of y'all may think it's like, man, I don't feel like it. doesn't matter. Say it. Because then the feeling starts to begin to stuff has to line up. It has to line up with your thinking. It has to line up with what you're saying. It has to because it's the laws of the land. Don't nothing happen without somebody thinking it. And then saying it. So that's what has to be done. I receive, bless you. <laughs> And then this was a cool thought that the Lord just kind of shared with me. He was going to break it down uh, for, for everybody. But this was just a cool thought that he shared. He was like, man, you know, you made White House history. I was like, what? Like, White House history? He's like, yeah. You know, the White House never had you there before. <laughs> now, that's a whole nother, that's a new perspective. I was like, wow. I was like, Lord, that is right. I was like, God, that is so cool. He said, the White House, the East Wing, had your footprints there before. They have never had your footprints there before, but now you made history walking into the White House. Now, here's the thing that was symbolic and prophetic. It's more than symbolic. It's, it's actually, it actually happens. In the East Wing, that's where they host dignitaries. Put that picture back up if y'all can. In the East Wing, they hold dignitaries. In the state dining room, that's where they host uh, international officials actively to this day. Like if they had to shift some things and the president was like, hey, you know, we got some inter international officials coming, our tour would have been canceled. We would have been notified, hey, y'all got to come on another day. Because now this is, this is a functional part. The president is in here, and y'all know how we are with the president. You can't take no videos on the inside of there. You can take pictures. Can't take no videos. But needless to say, this was the room. So we were in the room where dignitaries are. And so the Lord's like, man, you just made history. You just made history. Now, here's the thing about it. It's not arrogance. 
That's what children do. This is what the children of God, it's just how we think. It's just how we think. <laughs> so it was a new perspective. So again, we declare, and I believe, and I'm just sharing now that you have to look at wherever you are with a new mind. From a new perspective. So when thoughts of circumstances and things come that might say broke, it's like, man, you know, no, blessed. I see blessed. With things like, man, you know what, you're sick. Man, you know what, I see saved, I see set free. I see myself healed. Let me just let that pause for a moment so that way our imagination can just begin to start to process and start thinking about something differently. Uh-huh. Work Holy Ghost. <laughs> and then what you need to do is when that stuff comes, you need to, you need to say it. This is one thing that I think is so good that my wife does. Even the banks that we're associated with, from time to time when we drive past them, when we drive past, she'll just stretch her hands like, God, I thank you, Lord, that our accounts are just overflowing, all our accounts. And we have different banks that we're associated with. Some are online. But, God, I thank you that all our accounts are full and, and just overflowing. Okay, I guess we'll be the only ones that say that. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> Some of y'all just need to just say that. It's like, man, you know what? Here's the thing. Let me coach real quick. When somebody says something and then it, it, it hits you, it's like, man, I agree with that. Then what you can do is just repeat after that and just make it for yourself. You got to personalize this thing. Yeah, mortgages are paid for. So someone just need to say our mortgages are paid for. Our accounts are full. They're overflowing in the name of Jesus. Our businesses are prospering. Come on. We are out of debt, staying out of debt. Come on. And you don't have to apologize for this kind of mind. You don't have to apologize. Like, hey, you know what? I just, I hear what you're saying, but I don't understand it. <laughs> you said no, huh? You said I'm down. What? Like, I, it does not compute. <laughs> it does not compute. So here we go. Where do you go from here? This is what you can do. We can all do. But now, this is specific. Walk with the understanding that every step you take in life is significant. I'm going to break this part down because this is real practical, but it's some words of wisdom connected to this as well. Every progression forward in life is significant. When you look to mend a relationship, that's a forward step. When you're starting a new position or applying for new opportunities, that is a significant step. Walk in with the understanding that every step you take, whether literal or every progression in life, is significant. The reason why? Because the two between Friday and Saturday, we did some walking. When I tell you we walked, we walked. In Philly, we wind up walking about a total, about three miles. That was cool. That was cool. But then yesterday alone, because DC's got blocks. 
Those are massive buildings. I had to write this down. My wife's phone calculated over 15,000 steps. And we logged yesterday alone over seven miles of walking, which included walking to our destination. And then once we got inside, we did additional walking. So I got to give a shout out to my daughters because they were some champs. They were some champs because I needed to be carried a little bit. Towards the end, so Terry looked a little mad. I was like, because <laughs> I was like, are we there? Are we out of garage? I'm looking at the phone. It's like, yes. How many minutes left? <laughs> How many feet left? We were counting down. I'm like, we got two minutes left. Got one minute left. And then by the time we got to the garage, guess what? They got re-energized. They were like, yay. And they were all joking and all that type of stuff. But outside, because it was hot, thank God for the nice weather, but it was hot. See, I love the heat, so I'm, I'm, I'm cool. But they were like, ugh. Man. Because, you know, here's the thing what you realize. When you walk buildings that look close, especially big buildings, it's like, oh, yeah, that's close. But as you keep walking, it's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that building moved. <laughs> because it's so big, it looks close. But that joker was a minute. And see, the thing, I had already mapped stuff out. I was like, man, it's going to take over 20 minutes to get here. And see, I got a stride when I walk because I, I can walk because I got long legs. But I was like, man, with kids, it's going to take a minute. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Logging over 15,000 steps over seven miles. Now, guess what? Step no number 144 by itself was insignificant. But I promise you that step was needed to get to the White House. I'm going to say that again. Step number 144 by itself was insignificant. But I promise you that step number 144 was needed to get to the White House because we started off in the wrong direction. Pulled up the phone because we got to the point from the aerial view. I was like, oh, yeah, we go here, go here. But then once we got down on the street level, I was like, Lord, these are buildings you can't see. So I'm like, okay, I'm not sure where we need to turn at. Um, so I put up the phone, and then I guess the phone was trying to pick up where we were, and so it said, go this way. So we started going this way, and I was like, eh, this don't really look right, and my wife's giving me a look right now. And so this don't really look right. <laughs> I was like, so I had to pause, look, and I was like, man, where do we need to go? And then, of course, thank God for women. And my wife, what do you think she said? Why don't you stop and ask somebody? <laughs> <laughs> Ask somebody that is, that is here, that lives here, that works here. Go to a restaurant. Walk in those doors. Her and Minister Marcy are giving each other a high five right now, I like talking about. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, because we're on a time schedule. The, the White House said this, hey, if you're not here by a certain time, it's a wrap. And we ain't come all this way not to be there. So I'm like, okay, walk inside. So the person says, eh, yeah, you know, you turn back around, turn this way, make a right, and just keep going straight, and you'll run right into it. So I was like, okay, cool. So I'm a little salty, but I'm like, okay, we good. Because <laughs> I'm hot, and I'm like, man, we're going to be late. <laughs> and so we, we get there. So now I'm thinking there's going to be a line. There wasn't even a line. The person was like, yeah, go to the white tent. Come on in. So we, we should. 
Yeah, we had a reservation. We had our reservation printed off. It's like, oh, you have, the res- you have to have a reservation. You can't just show up and say, I want to go. So we had our reservation printed off. I was like, okay, go here. So we had to pull off all our stuff. And these guys were cool. Everybody was smiling and, and whatnot. But at the same time, I can tell you, act up. They let you know they got something right on their hip. <laughs> like, hey, welcome to the White House. Don't touch this. Don't touch that. <laughs> so glad you're here. <laughs> Citizen of the United States. <laughs> So make sure you act right, because people do crazy stuff all the time. So. But needless to say, going back to that step, what can happen in life, we can start off with wrong thinking. We can start off in the wrong direction. This is one reason why that I say it is so good to come consistently on to church, to help our thinking, to help all of our thinking. Amen. <laughs> I ain't scared to look at eye contact. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> we all need help. I like you ain't never gone the wrong direction before. Y'all know what to repent means? To change your mind. To turn around, have a new way of thinking. It's like, hey, you've been thinking this way. Repent's not a bad thing. Someone just needs to repent. Just from like, man, God, you know, I've been thinking wrong about that. I repent. Change my mind about this. God, I thank you. So now here's a beautiful thing. Not only did we get back on course, but we got there on time and was able to go in ahead of our scheduled reservation. So I was like, man, God, that is so good. When you have the right way of thinking, when you have the right way of thinking, now those steps, even in the wrong direction, God is like, hey, you know, I can still take that because you learned. Because you learned. Because here's, here's my thinking now. It's like, man, now when we come back to D.C., we're going to have some people with us to go to the White House. Sometimes people have to go before to walk it out. And they come back, hey, this is the way. So now guess what? When we come back, who else wants to go? When we come back, we ain't going to start off in the wrong direction. We're going we gonna to help all of us start off in the right direction. Why? Because I, I have the right way of thinking now. So now that's one of the beautiful things. And so now when you have the right way of thinking, the stuff is like, man, I'm so late. I'm so far behind. God, I'm this age. God's like, no, just get your thinking right, and you, you'll be right where you need to be. Only God can do that. <laughs> Some of you may have the thought and say, man, you know, I'll never go to such and such, the White House or, any, or anything. Here's the hint. You can go there in your mind first. You can go there in your thinking first. So, again, I mentioned it before. If you ever go to a new place, you make history. If you ever go to a new place, you make history. It's a first for you in that location. So what some of you need to do this summer is to go somewhere new for that fact alone. You don't even have to go far. Just go somewhere new. <laughs> go somewhere new. <laughs> Be a history maker. Because here's the beautiful thing. I love it. You know, my children, they're young, but I was like, man, you know what? I'm creating memories for them. This is stuff I realized. I'm like, man, this is what my dad did for us. Some places, when I was a kid, I was young, I don't even want to be here. Why are we here? Now, as an adult, I understand. I appreciate it. 
So now when I see stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, my dad took me there. Some of you need to take your family, even if they go kicking the screaming. I don't want to deal with all that. Deal with it. Take them anyway. They're going to learn something. The exposure. They'll, they'll thank you later. It's part of their mindset. When you're young, you're ignorant. <laughs> you don't know no better. That's why you got to be the parent. You have to be the leader. Even, even in leadership, when you're running a business or as a, as, a, as a leader, guess what? The people that you're leading, they don't know. Even, even Peter, y'all remember Peter? You're not going to the cross. Peter, Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. My steps have to go there. Peter, you ain't thinking right. He'll catch it later. And he got it. <laughs> Boy, did he get it. Peter got it. <laughs> Thank God for that. But again, go somewhere new. And then here's another word of wisdom with that. Let me slow this thought down. Go somewhere new. So that way you don't hear, think that it's just me saying this. Go somewhere new. I think God wants to expose you to some things. Exposure does something to our thinking. Go somewhere new. Make history. It's history-making training to be able to do something new. And then here's the other word. Get out and walk. Get out and walk. Treadmills are great. Get out <laughs> and walk. If you, most of us, majority of us have smartphones now. And I think my wife's iPhone, it just has an automatic tracker. It just counts. As soon as you start moving, it starts counting steps. Get out and walk. It's good for your health, for your heart, for your mind. And while we've been having this great heat wave that's been going on, if you need to walk in the cool of the day, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Didn't the Lord walk with Adam? In the cool of the day, you get up in the morning or in dusk, even eating when the sun settings, but get out and walk. Here's the thing that I've learned about walking. It is different from driving. You'll see things that you drive past all the time and never noticed. So now when you get out and walk, it's like, oh my gosh, this is here. And it does, does something to your thinking when you get out and walk. Last thought here, your mind will take you places that could result in your body being in that same place. Because each thought individually might not seem much, but succinct thoughts in a focused direction will get you to where you want to be. I'll say that one more time. Your mind will take you to places that could result, and I say will result, in your body being in the same place. Meaning if you're thinking in this direction, you will be there. And so each thought individually might not seem much, but as we start thinking more and more in a certain direction, more and more about a certain thing, it might seem so far away, something you want to accomplish, something you want to do, something you want to learn. You even turn it in that direction, that's great. When you start reading about it, when you start uh, taking in more information, whatever the case may be, what that is, is moving you forward. That moves you forward. 
And so each thought individually might not seem much, but the succinct thoughts and the focused direction will get you to where you want to be. How do I know? Because there's a little six-year-old on the other side of this complex that is living proof. This whole thing started with her, Dad, let's go to the White House. It got in her mind, let's go, and next thing you know, she's literally in the White House at six. So now afterwards, when we're pulling away from the garage, the other two sisters, uh, they were giving a round of applause. They were like, Dad, thank you so much for bringing us here. They were giving a round of applause. Woohoo! And Kaziah, thank you so much for thinking about this. Let's stand. <laughs> wow. So a couple of things we want to be able to decree uh, and just, just pray. Because I believe that God's just, with this word, is just going to be doing some changing of perspectives. Just changing of perspectives. So let's just, just have a, just a receiving position. This is just a receiving position. Just the hands out open. That's just a receiving position. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus that we, your people, <laughs> of the united kingdom of heaven <laughs> are adopting God, ever adopting God, an even greater perspective today. I thank you, Lord, that we're seeing things different. We're seeing opportunities different. We're seeing family different. We're seeing uh, our relationships differently. We're seeing our circumstances, even ones that might seem challenging at the moment, God. I thank you, Lord, that we're seeing them differently. God, I thank you, Lord, that we're seeing business differently. God, I thank you, Lord, that we're seeing our spouses, God, from a new perspective. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we're seeing um, our places of work from a new perspective. God, and I thank you, Lord, that even now we're seeing your church, God, and even the assembling together of the saints from a new perspective today. God, I thank you, Lord, we're understanding the value, the weight, the importance. God, I thank you, Lord, even now, Lord, that you just begin to speak and bring to remembrance uh, your plan and purpose, God. I thank you, Lord, for steps, God, of just progression and growth in the name of Jesus. God, and today, we declare progressive perspectives. God, and I declare, Lord, that your people, with hearts open and hands lifted up, are going to a new place intentionally. We're going to a new place in you intentionally. I thank you, God, that our thinking will not be the same. We're catching thoughts that are negative and arresting them and walking in liberty and freedom. <laughs> in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so if you do receive that, just right where we are, just say, I'll receive that. Say, I thank you for it, Lord, for a change of perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's just bless the Lord. Let's just thank the Lord. And I just have one other word. I just got, just got to do this. It's, it's, so I strongly encourage you to come this Wednesday, if you're able to, to shift and move and, you know, to adjust whatever needs to be adjusted because... Uh, We'll continue on with this idea of thinking and authority, but with the subject of your office as a believer.
your office as a believer. So we meet over in the parlor room at 7 o'clock. So if you're able to get it live in the wreck, strongly encourage you to get it live in the wreck. Uh, I don't say that often, but I had to write it down because I just felt a sense, I felt just a different weight when God says write it down. I'm just learning more and more, hey, I got to write it down. I need to say it because this is his mind. Amen. So he's going to be dealing with us with our office as the believer because there's some additional things from the places that I walked in that's just even more that I can't share all in one session. But it's a change. You can't go to the Capitol as a believer that's sensitive to the Holy Spirit and come back the same. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 